your chest looks like it's about to uh, hit me through my screen. Was it chest day today? <laughs> today was chest day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what a guest, and, Chris. Uh, what a guest. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> That is, is that like a new year's resolution or is that how always, you've always kind of operated bobby has always been fit since the day i met him. okay okay yeah. all right that's that is, impressive dude that's key that's key to bobby's motivation <laughs> well, you, you get those you get those long winters in buffalo and and you start seeing a little sun you know it's time to take off the off the fat so yeah yeah Sherman season. It. <laughs> Sherman season in upstate. <laughs> oh perfect. man, I need to get my ass to the gym. <laughs> I am not. What did everybody do over the weekend? I know I, I was putting together garden beds. Uh, my wife saw it on TikTok. So uh, my weekend project became raised garden beds. It was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> we, should do a, we should do a podcast on that maybe next time. Raised garden it. beds? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, keep you, I'll keep you in the loop. I'll let you know. Angelo's all about it right now. It's hilarious. I love it. What'd you do? Friday, fr Friday was nice. So it was kind of clean out the garage and do some spring cleaning, man. So that's all I did. I wasn't hanging and banging like Bobby, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Think about how foreign of a concept it is of cleaning out your garage, right? I know, right? People that might be in like Florida or other parts of the world. It's like, what are you talking about? Cleaning out <laughs> You're all cooped up. We are so seasonal up here. Exactly. You know, it, exactly. it actually was the perfect weekend to get, you know, to kind of oh, balance yeah. indoor and outdoor work. You had Friday. That yeah. was great. Like you said, Chris, and then Saturday it rained all day here in Buffalo. So that was my, that was my indoor spring cleaning day, but, but kind of a funny story, right? Like, like, like typical Buffalo, Buffalo weather. I went golfing on Friday night and um, the front nine, I think we got there and it was like 75 degrees, oh, sunny, everything God. was great. Beers <laughs> were flowing. And then the back nine, I think it dropped down to 52 and we got the whole 10 <laughs> oh and it just the wind God. picked up. I'm like, this is typical Buffalo, New York right now, but yeah, <laughs> gotta enjoy, it's, enjoy the yeah, days we can. It's still April though, guys, we got to put that into perspective, right? It's I know, still I April. Know. Yeah. Well, that one week teased this though, dude. Hey, Bobby, <laughs> just got to get the weather Apple app. Uh, Matt, uh, the weather app is so much better than it used to be now. And look for that's that awesome. solid four hours, I guess. That just that pocket yeah, could, four hours. That's that's how we're that, planning that, right now. That would have been but, ideal, Kevin, because I, I did not plan for that 52 on the back. With me, so. <laughs> Still had the shorts on, the yeah. short sleeves. Oh, yeah, yeah polo. Yep. Yep, yep. It's not Charlotte anymore, Bobby. Mm. Yeah, I got to get out of that habit. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we uh, have been talking really about just having a conversation like this and still making this podcast just more real for people, I think. And still, we wanted to lead the revolution of HR for the evolution of business. And that starts with like motivating. And I think it starts with really encouraging today's professionals, but those that are also interested in coming into the field. I see more people asking more and more about HR as we also see people exit the field. Um but I think now we're starting to see other individuals that were in totally different careers look to make their way into HR. And I think we're seeing a lot, a lot more perspectives being brought to the field. Um, we're seeing more of the psychology background and the IO and data science and people analytics. And it's just kind of amazing since I've known you how much I've watched this field grow over the last three years. But again, um, Innovation is uh, usually caused by desperation at times and change. And that's really, I think, why we want to have these organic conversations with each other 
because we are passionate about what we do. Uh, I, I always share the story of why I view HR as the most quintessential piece of the business is because businesses talk about making a community impact. And they view usually view that as donations, right? How, how much can I give to other organizations to build up the community in which we live and work? I see it totally differently. I see businesses as these incubation centers for their individuals to create the best individuals that they possibly can in the world. And that comes in the form of training. It comes in the form of development and coaching and mentorship. But it really comes up uh, with helping people identify their strengths, but also giving them key skills that they need, life skills. I'm on the benefits side and the health and welfare side as my day job to really help organizations maximize that return on investment that they're making. And I just see time and time again, the, the lack of knowledge in a lot of these basic fundamental um, building blocks to financial freedom or financial literacy and wellness or health, whatever term we want to put on it. Um, but that's really what I see HR as the as the true individuals to coach these professionals, because then they're going to take those lessons home with them, because unfortunately, it still is not making it to the curriculum in schools. And I see the if we really want to then get into the education and really see what the future of the workforce within our geographical region even looks like, starting to not be so reactive and I think more proactive. And I think that all starts with relationships. Um, Bobby and Chris, I, I, you hear me talk all the time about how in, about internal politics, but really understanding how to play the game and. I think it is building those relationships. And, and you've heard me say so many times, if we don't understand how we make money, where do we spend it and how do we lose it in HR, I find it very hard to believe that we can even identify where we can add value back to the organization. Me and my position, the way I think, how do I pay for my position within the business? Because I'll always keep it. That's how I think. How do you think, Chris? <laughs> I mean, just, just think it out loud, right? How do you make sure value, I think, is one of those things that everybody's chasing, but because it is rewarding. I feel like that's maybe where we feel gratified that, hey, I get to see the fruits of my labor almost. Yeah, it goes two ways. And first and foremost, hey, guys, it's great to see you again and great to be with you again for another episode. Uh, and we'll get to that value point. But I think it, it does two things, right? It, it demonstrates what you're giving to the organization that you're at, but also there's an internal, there's a, a self-gratification, self-satisfaction aspect to it as well when you know that you are doing something, you know, again, playing to your strengths, you're doing it better than others, you're, you're helping the organization to achieve its goals or objectives, which is, you know, getting back to the reason why we do these conversations, why we have these conversations. It doesn't matter if you've been in HR for 50 years or you're just thinking about going in HR, you know, as Kevin said, how do we continually innovate? How do we continually learn and grow? And that's really the intent of these sessions. If you can watch or listen to one of our sessions and take away one, two, or three things that you feel you can apply into your current role at your current organization, that's fantastic, right? Um, and that's really what we're, what our goal is. Can we have a conversation that allows everyone who's a part of that or listening to it to take something and then apply it, right? And maybe you're going to start doing something a little bit differently because as a result of what you heard, you think, hey, that's going to help me be even more effective in my role. You know, maybe you're going to stop doing something because as a result of what we talked about, it might be holding you back, right, from being as effective 
more likely you're going to say, Hey, I, I feel like I'm doing the right things because, you know, I believe, or I feel the same way that, you know, what we're talking about today, and I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing. So that's really the goal for our session. Um, and, you know, ultimately, can we be a little bit more proactive and less reactive in the HR space, which I think we get dinged for, you know, more often than not of just being kind of reactive, then yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if we can do that within the, each function within HR, the business is going to take note, right? And we're going to be able to build those stronger relationships throughout the business, which is key, I think. I, I so agree. But I, I think it all starts with asking questions, really, and, and yeah. good questions. And, and you have to have the time to ask those questions and actually hear. But how do we start this show, right, today? Um, the listeners didn't get to hear before we came on, but um, we set an intention. And I just really have to talk about this because I've applied it to pretty much every aspect of my personal and professional space. And setting that intention, I think, Chris, is what the audience, if I could have anybody take one thing today, is really just start small and set, a, set an intention for a meeting that you're going to today. And what your intention should be is I want to take something away from this conversation today, identify a problem that I can help to be a part of the solution for, and see how I can empower, enable, and encourage the success of somebody else. Now, if we enter the meeting with that intention, the questions that we think about during the conversation will totally change. And how you hear and what you hear will also change. And I always use that monkey in the ball throwing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you're told to watch the ball and tell me who, who's going to hold it at the end of this video. So many people do not see that gorilla that walks clearly in the background, <laughs> dances yeah. in the background and leaves. And that was the one thing that I had to, to see to understand that is how I can almost control my brain because there's a lot going on up there. We got a lot of distractions, but I have found intention setting, whether I'm listening to a podcast, reading a book, um, spending time with my son and my wife. Um, it really allows me to limit the distractions and focus on what it, I want or what I see as valuable, um, but also taking into consideration everything else. Bobby, what is your daily intention? Like as an yeah. HR professional in your role, just who is Bobby and what is your daily intention? You know, I, I keep it pretty simple, Kevin. I think First, I, I love the idea of, of creating an intention to start the day or to start a meeting or even before it's something simple as listening to a podcast, right? Because I think when you create an intention, it allows you to not assume. So, right, I think I we have that. so many times where we go into meetings or we go into calls or we're listening to our favorite, you know, podcasts and we want to make assumptions before the, you know, the meeting or the podcast. Almost really listening. I love that. Yeah. Right. So we're not really taking it in, right? And that's what happens. I think sometimes we go into meetings and you have five, six, seven individuals kind of coming in um, with their own agenda, agenda and, and yeah. making assumptions. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that, that's what, you know, kind of creates, you know, um, and, and, and personally, right? I mean, I've, I've flipped on a podcast, I've watched a TV show and I've come in with an agenda or, you know, this is, this is what I expect out of this. And I'll tell you what, nine out of 10 times I've been let down because it's, it's not, you know, what I want. Um, or what I thought I was going to get out of it from my assumption. So I think to answer your question long-windedly, Kevin, I think my intention every day um, is to really listen, to follow that 80-20 rule, 
in everything that I do, you know, throughout the day, provide value where I can. Um, but for my clients, for my business partners, for my teammates, for my management staff, just really listen, take in what's going on. Um, you know, and that, and, th and that was difficult. I think early in my career, you know, I wanted to be the person to jump out and respond to everything. Right. I thought that's yeah. how you, you get the gold star, right. That's how yeah. you gain, you know, the, the expertise and the knowledge and, 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 you know, all of those things, the clout from, from the business, but, but taking it yeah. in, right. Taking it in and being that good listener. Um, and then, you know, giving yourself some time to react to what's being said. I think that's, that's the intention that I set daily for myself. I, but it tells me everything. I mean, from just the word that you said, and I think there's just this flip. Um, I find like small flips in things looking at, um, but you said clients, clients and customers is a different word that's typically not used in HR. But if we kind of change and start to think that, well, who are my internal customers and who are my external customers within HR? I think we are really the, the, I don't know, the conduit between all the silos that organically happen within business. And in their current structures and that hierarchical approach, you have silos intentionally or unintentionally. It just happens because they're all given different tasks and duties to mm -hmm. achieve the shared vision or mission. The only challenge with that is that we don't see the collaboration between those silos to really have effective change. And that's where I really see HR as the, the, the real translators between the employees, between the business leaders, between the key, all key stakeholders within the organization to really help distill that message. And it really starts with storytelling, but you have to have the relationship built, trust, valued before anything can get across the finish line, in my opinion, because until then, it's always going to be viewed as a cost. And they don't really understand, well, why are we making this change? And what's in it for me, really, at the end of the day? And HR can't really today answer that question in most organizations because they haven't established these relationships with these business units. And we call it stakeholder management. We call it internal politics. We call it brown nosing. Whatever the hell we want to call it, it's the, the inability of HR, in my opinion, to ask enough questions of those business units and those individuals to even know what is their priority? What is their goal? What is their greatest challenge? And then we're unable because we don't have the time or the creativity or the bandwidth, whatever we want to say, to really fill those gaps, in my opinion. And that's why that relationship is so friction and frayed. And Bobby, you say it all the time. HR says, no, no, no. Everybody's going to find their way around for a yes. And that's really, I mean, that, that, that was the best way I've ever heard it described because nobody likes hearing that answer no. I see it with my 21-month-old son. I mean, like <laughs> nobody likes that answer. Why did you, how would, how did you come to that conclusion to be able to put that so simplistically on how you saw it and why maybe Chris and, and Bobby, why we knew that those internal partnerships were so essential for our success, but also our peace of mind. I, I, we see the field burning out and it's probably a challenge because you see the problem, you know what you need to do, but you can't get anybody on the bus to really pull it all together to make that change because you don't have that internal influence. 
It reminds me of a, of a story, not really a story, but this is something that happened, well, probably a decade ago. Um, previous organization and, and our sales team was really big on this book that was out at the time. It was all about challenging your customers, right? You are the subject matter expert. You should be empowered and feel empowered to challenge them in terms of how they're running their business, not in a cocky or arrogant way, but just asking them really important, relevant questions to get your customer to think through things a little differently, right? And this organization was so you know high on this book that eventually the sales team gave it to the marketing leaders and the marketing leaders actually gave it to the you know, the IT leaders, who gave it to wow. the finance leaders, who gave it to the HR leaders. And the, the moral of it is, you know, we wanted every single department within that organization to feel empowered enough that they could challenge their clients or customers, internal or external, because you're the expert, right? You're the subject matter expert. And again, it's not being cocky or arrogant in how you're, how you're questioning, you know, how each department is running their business. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the people aspect, you know, aren't HR the experts? So being really good at getting your, your client team members or the leaders you're working with to think through not only their business problems, but their people problems, right? And how can you then provide solutions, provide, you know, assistance, resources, help, whatever it might be, where they had gaps in terms of how they, you know, were managing their, their teams. And, and how then they if you do that, right? Yes. If you do that, let's say you solve one of their problems, two of their problems, three of their problems. Sure. Who are they going to come back to to solve their next problem? They're picking the phone up and they're calling exactly. you every time, right? Exactly. <laughs> I agree. I mean, in what I do consulting, you get to see business problems and they're always rooted to people problems. Yeah. And and I talk about this um the the like looking forward always within the business where HR really needs to be pulling back the organization and have them really determine what are the inputs that are going to drive those outputs and yeah. and really make them get on because I think that's true change management is to build that accountability to get again any change across the finish line and, and I say that to communicate it appropriately educate it and yeah. then see that organic. And that's what I've talked about is like entrepreneurship is lost in a lot of businesses because then they rush to fill the mold of repetitive process and output. Um, but they almost lose that multiple hats. I wear multiple hats within the business. Okay. That's great to some. Some hate it. They're burning out <laughs> yeah. because yeah. they're stretched. They're doing finance and HR and they're really not doing both well or they're doing finance great and the other one's not really too good. Yeah. But I think it's multiple perspectives, seeing the same challenge from multiple angles and views. And I think that's really how most problems can be appropriately solved. And that's really where I see HR, building those relationships. Like, I always think about questions, great questions. Do you guys have great questions that you really like to ask to like spark up conversations with these partners to really pull out? Because a lot, a lot of people are willing to give either. Yep. They're not willing yep. to tell you my problems and I need help. Because right. um, to Bobby's point earlier, everybody comes to that meeting with their own agenda, <laughs> their own ego, yep, <laughs> and their own priority. Well, I, you know, I think Kevin and Chris, you know, I think the first thing, you know, is, as an HR practitioner is we, we have to have patience, right? Like, you know, understanding the needs and problems of our business partners, our clients, our customers, internal, external, um, it's going to take time, right? And I think the first thing is we, again, we have to be willing to listen. We have to put our ego aside. 
we have to understand their business first, yes. you know, as much as we can, right? And then we can start to ask those pointed questions. You know, what's keeping you up at night? What are the pain points that you're seeing? Um, you know, what's going on here from a talent perspective? Mm -hmm. You know, all of those things, depending on, you know, yeah. what the conversation calls for. But I think we have to first understand that it's a little bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and oftentimes it's not going to be solved in, you know, one or two meetings. We have to take the time to really, you know, get to the roots of it. I mean, most of our business partners, most of our clients, most of our customers, they've been doing their jobs or some some version of their jobs for 15 to 20 years. Yeah. For for us, you, me, Chris, to go into a meeting and think that, you know, we're going to be able to understand everything that they've done yeah. for 20 years and 30 <laughs> minutes, we got another thing coming, right? And, and we but don't have to understand But that's the crux of it. Being in the HR profession, all of those individuals think they know everything there is to know about HR. Correct. There's no way you can understand my approach, business, but I can... Yeah, let me tell you how to run the HR, the talent team. It's like there's so many perfect. because, but it, it's again, but I think Bobby, what you're touching on, you say patience, but and and, yeah. and it takes time. And a lot of HR people are going to listen to the show and tell you, "F off, guys!" Like you don't have time. I got no time to do any of this. Like yeah. I want to be doing all that stuff that I read by Dave Ulrich and all these other prolific HR people. Yeah. But frankly, I don't have the time. And but I you know what happens starts with the intention and also prioritization and carving out the time too, to make yeah. sure you have it. Otherwise, to our, our earlier points, you're always going to be distracted. So it's like, how do I get the time in order to build these relationships is probably one of the hurdles that a lot of the listeners are probably asking themselves, Bobby, that all yeah. sounds good, but stop painting that perfect world picture for yeah. me. Yeah. Here's how the do thing I do though, that? right? Here, here's the thing. If we take the 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes up front and we do that a few times to really understand our business, what we're looking to do, all of those things, it's going to help us so much in the long run. Because yeah. if we don't take that time, if we aren't patient up front, we're going to make assumptions, yeah. right? Spinning we're going to make assumptions yeah. that yeah. we think yeah. we know what they need, what our teams need, um, what our partners need. And, you know, more more times than not, you know, we're probably not going to hit the mark. And that's what I, it, there's literally a perfect graph that explains it. And, and I love looking at employer expectations and employee expectations. Yeah. Now, employer says we're doing something great. They feel like they are. Employees are like, you're off by 35%. You're like, so it's how have we continued this like graph, right? And we're just, this wedge is continuing to drive. Now, businesses are, Focusing on the problem, because like I said, desperation is the greatest form of innovation for a lot of these businesses. I was at Leadership Rochester on Friday, and I found it fascinating. You think of Rochester, you think of what? Kodak, probably. Xerox, Bosch & Lam, Century Safe. So GDP back then was primarily industrial manufacturing. Now, fast forward to where Rochester is today. 85% of our GDP in Rochester is service-based. 15% is manufacturing. However, I think that conditioning over time in leadership, in management, in business theory, in ethics has trickled down into just about every other business and organization. And they don't really realize that it is the people first. I think we're evolving and I started to think we're starting to see that. But in that employee customer relationship in a service rela related industry, it's the employee's experience is just as much as is the 
customer's experience. So Bobby, you talking about customers and clients, that same perspective and emphasis and focus of the business, and I can even go to their website and it tells me how much they care about their customers. Me as an applicant, I'm not really caring about that anymore. What are you doing for me? For me, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what everybody, what, what the managers are really asking to your point that both of you guys were making in those years, that's what I see. What's in it for me? That's really what these people are asking for. Like, why do I care about turnover? I don't. It's just a word that I've heard for the last 20 years, yeah. right? And I'm doing okay because it, they haven't docked my pay for turnover ever in those 20 years. But they have docked my pay for going over budget. They have docked my bay for not hitting sales targets. They sure. have. Yeah. So what is the intention then of each business unit is self, right? <laughs> and follow the money is what I usually say, because money is usually what motivates that individual in most cases and how they're bonused and compensated tells you what motivates them. So turnover, Mr. Manager, you prioritize because if you have too high of turnover, your overtime will increase and you'll probably be over budget for the year. So we have to almost reverse engineer why they should prioritize these things, but you can't do it to Bobby's point without that business lens, taking that 10, 15 and 30 minutes to just sure. find the common language. I think the communication is just breaking down at multiple fronts. And I just see HR as that there really should be viewed as the conduit between all to bring all those parties together to to really be that microphone or that earpiece with the workforce. So I want to go back, Bobby, because earlier on when we first started, you you used a term. You said you know you kind of operate the eighty twenty rule, and in my head, from a learning standpoint, I'm thinking of the Pareto principle. But tell me, tell us, tell the listeners what you meant by that eighty twenty rule for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So by 80-20, what I refer to is whenever you're having a conversation, um, I want 80% of the conversation to be me listening and active listening okay. to you, right? 20% is me providing feedback based off of what you're saying. But the majority of our conversation, um, you know, I should be taking it in um, versus giving it out. And and I do something, you know, maybe a little bit unique where if I get off the phone with with a client or a teammate or whoever it might be, right, even in my personal life, I try to ask myself, did I did I act out the 80-20 rule there? And if the answer is no, I ask myself why. Did I bring an ego into the conversation? Did somebody was somebody looking for me to be the subject matter expert that prompted me to say a little bit more and listen a little bit less? Yeah. If I can justify it, you know, it's okay. Um, but I really try to live by that 80-20 rule. I dude, I just go back to Bob. You reflect, dude. I think I think so many people again are onto the next meeting, onto the next yeah. meeting, onto the next meeting. I see it all the time. Nobody takes notes. I have pages of notes in every conversation and every meeting. Otherwise, I don't remember it. So maybe that's a best practice that I can bestow upon everybody right. else. Just taking sheer notes. The way I see the 80-20 rule, back to Chris's point, the Pareto principle, is usually we see 20% of the workforce doing 80% of the work, as we hear all yeah. the time. But really, then I look to HR, 20% of our time is focused on strategic initiatives, but 80% plus of our time is focused on the tactical. And that's yeah. really where I see that flip, that necessary flip. And how we do that is people process technology and partnerships, as I consult on all day. But that's really what I see because that is what the business is asking for. 
if we look at the business's priorities and their strategic goals, it tells us that 80% of it is strategic. So there's just to that back to that time part. If we don't carve out the time and we don't focus on the right things, my fear is, and now we see this great AI tool coming out. If you are just an order taker in HR and you are doing repetitive tasks, this is my note to you. Your job will probably not be there in five years. So you need to evolve. You need to adapt. You need to change because the world is changing faster than you. And if we are viewed as that tactical cost center within the organization, we're seeing BPO models and PEO models. If we continue to allow the market to tell us that we're invaluable to the business within HR, that will soon be the case. And we will outsource these functions. And I don't think that can happen because I'm an employee, you're an employee, you're an employee. That scares me. And it's just the lack of innovation and carving out the time in order to yeah. appropriately change. That's scary. I mean, it, it goes back to intention. I mean, it all goes back to intention. And, you know, where are you spending your time? Um, and you, you love saying, we heard it before, intention drives our attention, right? So making sure that we're focusing on those things that are most important. So being very intentional about reflecting, Bobby, right? How did, how did that meeting go? You know, did I did I behave in the way that added value is huge. Being very intentional about, you know, how we are, here's that word again, responding, right, to the changing business needs. We talked about time and time is not, in, well, it's infinite, but we've got very little. It's one of those. It's one of those resources that is easy for us to lose sight of. But it is the common denominator. It is. It, it is a great equalizer. I always say, like, always that is what I see time. time in. And how are you spending it, right? And nowadays, given the, the fact that the pace of business is so fast and things are changing so often, you know, the most important skill we used to, you know, we said you got to be curious, right? You got to ask yeah. questions. You got to be a good listener. You also got to be very flexible, agile, and nimble, right? Yeah. Because things are going to change. I think the biggest or the greatest example I've seen of this recently is gone are the 12 month performance reviews, right? Where we're going to set goals Thank for you. 12 months. Thank you. 12 months are just <laughs> way too far in advance. And, and you know what? Team members, employees, associates are telling us, dude, this shit changes every month, right? Yes. How am I going to sit and tell you what I'm going to do for the whole year in January? By the time we get to the end of the February, we've completely changed course. Yeah. Right? So, so we see how we... subjective those are really at the end of the day. And they're really, <laughs> it's poor mechanics of them lacking to understand the actual value of the position and how to right. create performance. Hence this great big pull that we're starting to see with the hybrid workforce. Well, and, and you're taking all these process. people that are kind of reading into the, the tech technology layoffs. Now, sure. the three yeah. of us, we've been talking about this for the last three and a half years. Because friends of ours were getting hired at Amazon for four times what the market what was paying. Exactly. exactly. And I said, well, they got to outrun that. And that doesn't go away. And then what did we see? These massive layoffs because they were paying far more than what that value was or position was valued. Yeah. But if you're unable to put a value to positions within business, which is a large majority of business, I would a large majority of business, let's just say that, then it is this wishy-washy benchmarking world yeah. to identify what this position is. It's basically, what does my peer say it's valued at? Because I'm going to say it's the same thing. Now, who sets that rate? 
I don't know. <laughs> but I'm I'm sure it's somebody that wasn't da- backed in data and science to tell me what the value of that position truly was within my organization. And maybe one day we'll have directors of first impressions making a million dollars just because there's only 14 working in the, the world. Exactly. You're right. You're right. <laughs> How do we get there? Right. That's awesome. But um, I really enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, we're going to do more of these. If you found this fun, exciting. The other thing we really wanted to start doing, Bobby, I'll, I'll let you kind of encourage the audience to, but what, what we were envisioning yeah. to, to really bring topics to life. So why don't you kind of end on that as, um, uh, as a great way to end today's conversation? You know, the, the goal of our podcast, right? I mean, I think in the past, we, we had wonderful speakers, you know, all across the world, you know, HR leaders and thought leaders, we're going to still do that, right? But these types of conversations, this sort of real talk HR as we're calling it, this is just us talking about the things that we're hearing and seeing within the workplace today. You know, what's important to us? What are the trending topics in HR? But more importantly, we wanna hear from you, right? We have our own ideas, we have our own thoughts, but we wanna hear from our listeners. What are some topics? What are some points? What are some things that you're hearing, seeing that you want us to talk about? So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to put out some polls on our website. Um, we encourage all of you to, you know, vote, uh, to, you know, provide some feedback there. And we'll we'll integrate those into our conversation, some of the talking points that, that you have as well. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, Kevin. I, I like this forum in this format that, that we have here. It's off the cuff. It's yeah. real. I like that it was chest day and you felt good enough to just roll from the gym to have today's conversation, man. It's, it's, it's yeah, you know, it's the, the thing too, it's a little too early for me to swear too, but you know, once we, we start doing these yes. a little bit later in the evenings, you know, yeah. after who knows, who knows what's going to happen. We could have out, a couple, so. couple of something dark. We could have a little something dark <laughs> in our glasses maybe uh, at the next conversation. Today That's was right. certainly a coffee chat. I was up and up and at him very early today for today's That's conversation. <laughs> That's right. But uh, thank you. I think this was a blast. Uh, really encourage our audience to, um, to give us that feedback too. Um, just as much as we say, I always encourage feedback. It's the only really way to grow, Um, but uh, get comfortable um, being uncomfortable, I think, in HR. And the more we do that, the more we step outside our comfort zone, I think that's where we enter that growth and learning zone. And that's really what we're all challenging all our listeners to do. Really think, come with an intention, but come with questions. Um, What's on your mind and and how can we help you at the end of the day to be more successful both personally and professionally within your your Thank you.